Welcome to Funny Parents, everybody. I'm Mary Teresa Archibald. And I'm Pat Shea. And we are happy to be back here in your ears. Yes, singing to you uh, today. And uh, thank you for your patience. We know it's been uh, an extra week since we got out our last episode. Yes. And, uh, and we do apologize for that. At the same time, we're very excited about today's episode and the guests we have lined up moving forward. And sometimes you just need a minute to regroup. So Because we're parenting. Yeah. And in the meantime, thank you for following uh, the Facebook page. We, <gasps> yes. 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 Thank you. It is so cool. And uh, Mary is working on this month's journaling pages that will be going up on the Facebook page. Remember, uh, we always want to encourage you to document what's going on with your kids' lives so you can remember it uh, because we tend to forget things because we're parents. Yeah. And so- That's how we get people to come on the show. In a lot of cases. I haven't thought about this in four so I'm glad that I I have a place where the story is going to stay so long. Yeah, Yeah. So we create these short, actionable journal pages to give you that sense of accomplishment. Yeah. I'm all about feeling a sense of accomplishment these days, right? Because otherwise we're just keeping on and keeping on in this vast pandemic. And Exactly. But that will be hitting the Facebook page this week. So make sure you check it out. Yes. And we should probably introduce Liz our storyteller. Yes, Liz. I'm very sing-songy today. Allen, you are. Yeah. Well, that's Good. You've been teaching a lot of vocal warm-ups, so I understand. Liz Allen, boy, when I got to a spot in improv where I got to be in a touring company and go on the road and represent our theater, uh, one of the great joys was that I got to be in that touring company with Liz Allen, who had been one of my heroes coming up until uh, that moment and immediately stopped. No, I'm kidding. Um, she uh, she continues to be one of my heroes and she was the best person to be stuck in a van with for hours because Liz had this magic purse that had everything you needed. She had a mom bag. Yeah, she exactly. Before she was a mom, uh, she would buy like certs in bulk and she'd get the bulk pack and she'd a warning something that a lesson that I got from Liz that I still continue and think of every time we go into Costco is we pay for convenience. Uh, we, we pay extra for convenience, uh, consolidate. She also along the way, uh, has made so many people, us included laugh so hard. She is incredibly talented. And you might think to yourself, we bring on a lot of improv people and improv mm-hmm. I know isn't everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but, Liz Allen is sort of the creme de la creme yes. of improv coaches. So much so that there was a movie made probably like about an improv group called, called Don't Think Twice. Yeah. Created by Mike Birbiglia and had Keegan Michael Key in it. It's very funny, charming. It's a reasonably accurate look at Pat and I will differ on this. I say it was a reasonably <laughs> accurate look at the world of improv. Pat would probably disagree. But in order to become an improv group in that film, they needed an improv coach. Yes. So you get the creme de la creme. And so their improv coach was Was, Liz Liz Allen. Yes. And, uh, and so she's going to share a story. There was, there was a time she moved away from Chicago and she was in Las Vegas for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. She's going to share a story from raising her kid in Las Vegas and leaning in a little too hard yes. on a parent participation project. Enjoy. 
about um, something that happened one time when, when Hank was in seventh grade. So he was 12, 13, around that age. And one day a note came home in his backpack. And it was one of those notes that you could tell is like that first wave of the call to arms from the teacher, you know, big, bold letters. It was like <laughs> volunteers needed. But the subtitle, you know, those notes, right? Yeah. They're trying not to, they start, when they start with the hard copy and not the email, you know, like they really, <laughs> true, true. they're like, get your kid to get this. So it was volunteers needed for an interactive empathy history lesson. Mm. And the flyers, right. And the flyer said that the teacher was conducting a simulation of Ellis Island in 1920. Oh and the students who uh, both the seventh and eighth graders would be playing different immigrants arriving at Ellis Island and the volunteer parents would be playing Ellis Island officials. So the parents were asked to volunteer to do things like check the students' paperwork, interview them. And and we even had the power to assign the immigrants a location in America where they could then move out of Ellis Island and go settle. Wow. Okay. So the best part of this request was that the parents were expected to speak in gibberish to show the students what it must have felt like to come to a new country where you couldn't understand the language. And when I, when I saw that gibberish, I was like, yes. Like I was immediately like, absolutely. This is an activity I can get behind gibberish. I'm in. And, and here's why, as you guys know, we're all improvisers, right? So uh, as improvisers, you know, we act, we're in one of the few professions that, that uses gibberish professionally, uh, periodically. (laughs) True. We have a reason to have learned gibberish in our professional life. <laughs> and I was thinking of that gibberish game and I used to love it. Like when I learned it the first time where you remember, you know, where two improvisers will speak gibberish and then two other improvisers translate. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love that game. It's a hoot. So yeah. I thought I've never been invited to speak gibberish in my regular life. I'm, I'm so into this. So the teacher, her name is Miss Rachel. She called a meeting of all the volunteer parents for the Ellis Island lesson. And it was me and four other moms and also Rachel's mom, her mother, it turns out the teacher's mother, she participates every year mm-hmm. in this empathy exercise, but instead of speaking gibber- gibberish, she speaks Hebrew Oh, um, nice. because wow. she speaks it fluently. So her yeah. gibberish is Hebrew. And I thought that's cool. I'm not fluent in any other language except gibberish. And she did make a point. She's a lovely lady, but she made a point to tell me that she thinks gibberish is pointless and foolish. So that's the kind of backdrop. I mean, she was nice about it, but I was like, trust me, lady. I'm used to the eye rolls about what I do for a living. Anyway, so Miss Rachel told us that the event was going to last a few hours because she wants the kids to really experience the long lines and in the hot sun and to wait the way immigrants did outside the doors of Ellis Island. Oh, and I should mention that this was in Vegas. Yeah. I was going to say this was when you were in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. So this is when we lived in Las Vegas. And, and I also should mention this is the equivalent of a small one room Montessori schoolhouse. Okay. (laughs) This, This is a small intimate student body in the shadow of the glittery strip and it was springtime. So it was already about 90 degrees every day. So these kids were wearing these uh, costumes. They were wearing these costumes waiting in the heat. And um, the kids were also working on their papers and they were learning all about the countries that they were immigrating from. So Miss Rachel at the parent meeting stressed that we have to be serious and we have to take these roles seriously. And I'm thinking, great. 
why wouldn't we? But she kept saying, you guys, you can't break. You can't be soft on the kids. It would be difficult because we want it to be difficult for these kids because they're not going to have lunch until they're admitted. <laughs> and, and I was like, great. So she said, be prepared. The kids are going to be hot, tired, and hungry when you get them. And I'm like, okay. She said that we have this power. We could reject um, an immigrant's interest to Ellis Island oh my God. if we wanted to. We have to speak gibberish and that even if we take bathroom breaks, um, we needed to keep speaking gibberish. And she said, the parents can dress up in costumes. I mean, oh this God. is a dream come true of come a volunteer yes. event. Yes. Am I right? This is a yes. dream come true. But what I noticed was that a lot of the parents were getting jumpy. The other parents, uh-huh. they weren't liking these instructions. They were saying things like, I'm not going to reject my daughter. She said, I, I couldn't do that. And I didn't even mean this to be obnoxious. I said, oh, I'll reject her. And it got kind of a big laugh from the parents. But I remember thinking, these are the, this is the request from the teacher. We have to respect the teacher. So on the morning of the Ellis Island event, I did a little backstory development and decided that my character would be named Augustus. And he went by Gus. And my character was a bitter Ellis Island, sort of a middle management type. He'd been stuck as an immigration specialist. And, um, you know, the kids were doing backstories. Why wouldn't I? And Gus was, I, I figured he was sort of a man of tradition and he ate like a tin of ham biscuits every day for lunch. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I decided I'd play Gus a little short tempered because I thought that would be based in reality. And I also, uh, I found a costume and I bought fake mustaches for myself because I thought Gus would have facial hair. And then I, yeah. I bought some extra mustaches in case some of the other moms wanted realistic 1920s facial hair. And I wore this sort of, army green outfit that I thought was Ellis Islandy. And you might find this surprising, but none of the other parents were in costume. <gasps> no, I'm serious. Not even Rachel's mom. You know what? They were their regular Vegas clothes, like these high heels and these bedazzled tops. <gasps> no. And there I was oh as goodness. Gus with a mustache. And I offered mustaches to the other moms thinking they'd say, Oh, thank you. Gosh, I didn't have time to get together a costume. Nobody wanted a mustache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I was really surprised by that. But it turns out that was a good idea because the, it was so hot that the mustache glue stopped working and I had to hold my mustache on with my finger the whole time because I didn't think I could lose a mustache halfway through the event. It wouldn't be true to my character. Right. So the event begins and um, I took my post at my Ellis Island desk and I brought forth my best gibberish, you guys. Like my gibberish has been waiting to fly free. Yeah, and, right. oh, I, oh, I was, I loved, I kept, Gus kept every kid for like five minutes asking them gibberish immigration questions. For example, I'd be like, "Oh, what?" And the kids were getting so irritated. The kids kept looking around, like somebody get me out of this hell. I would probably reject one out of three kids, and I told him wow. in gibberish, "Go get another line. Go wait outside again." Uh, Gus was very bossy. And the the other Ellis Island moms, they were letting all the kids through with hardly any questions. The kids in the other line were getting through and going right to their lunch. And the kids in my line (laughs) were having more. Because I thought as an empathy exercise, we were supposed to really challenge the children. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then it got to where nobody wanted in my line. And the teacher had to force people. (laughs) (laughs) And to force the kids to stand in my line. Okay, and then the kids would say, I would hear them go, I don't want Hank's mom. 
I don't like Hank's mom. And then in gibberish, I would say, which was Gus saying, I am Gus. Who is this Hank's mom? Okay. But this brings me to Hank. Okay. He was bright red the whole time. His, his character was a father from Poland and he was trying to get through Ellis Island with a wife and four kids. And so he's trying to stay out of my line and go to the other lines and get through. But clearly I'm ruining this experience for him. He is mortified. And he would come up behind me and go, mom, cool it. Knock it off. And in gibberish, Gus would say to him, get behind the line, young <laughs> young man. Oh, oh man. So the other gibberish moms, you know, they were trying they were trying really hard to do gibberish. I, I give them a lot of credit because they're not experienced gibberish speakers. No. Yeah. I mean, and they couldn't sustain gibberish the way, like two hours of gibberish for me. I was like, all right, yeah, I can do that yeah, stand on my head. Sure. And it actually felt um, like a lovely experience. But I was thinking these moms, you know, they didn't take level two at Second City. <laughs> right. <laughs> they didn't immerse themselves. So sometimes when we were on bathroom breaks, and I was conflicted whether what bathroom Gus should use, but I finally sure. decided that I would I would use the actor, the female bathroom. The actor. <laughs> nice. So in the bathroom, and we were told don't don't break down gibberish in case any of the immigrant children were in the bathroom. Sure. So these moms would try to get gibberish lessons for me in the bathroom. They were lovely. They're like, please teach us. We're not very confident in gibberish. And I thought, I, well, we should have done a gibberish exercise before, but we didn't. And so yeah. I would yeah. teach them in gibberish. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Because you were committed. Okay. One, yeah. Pardon me? You were committed. I was, thank you. Okay. So another direction that the teacher had given us was she said to the volunteers, I want you guys to periodically mingle among the lines of children's and, and maybe rip up their immigration papers randomly because that's what happened. Oh my goodness. At Ellis Island. Like, you know, it wasn't a cakewalk coming in and people were nervous and it was a very tense situation. So I took that direction to heart. I loved roaming the lines and the kids would run. They, <laughs> they would hide when they heard gibberish Hank's mom coming. Cause they knew I was, I was Gus is angry. Gus is an angry man. And he was, right. he was ripping up paper. Um, oh, there is one other aspect to this. So all of the classroom parents were invited to the event as sort of almost like a show, I guess. Oh, wow. Um, and so there's video out there of me gibberishing up a storm <laughs> of other parents. And I became no. There were like 20 parents watching, two hours watching these kids oh my God. half get rejected and half get allowed in. And uh, they started calling me gibberish mom after that. And there was not one school event that I didn't go to for the rest of our time at that school that a parent didn't say, you know, wisecrack, like, Hey, where's your mustache? <laughs> so, wow. I know, I know. But you know, I thought that uh, this is what she wanted. I this is what Miss Rachel wanted. Yeah. Anyway, um, on the way home from school that day, Hank wasn't speaking to me. <laughs> <laughs> As you can imagine, he was livid. <laughs> we get in the car. He rips off his his Polish father costume. He sees me like carefully taking my mustaches and folding them in paper and putting them in my purse in case I need them. <laughs> of course. And he was like, you will never 
wear those mustaches ever again. And he was like, you're never volunteering and you are never speaking gibberish to me again. And I was like, oh, but well, I don't I think the day went great. <laughs> I thought it was really fun. So, okay. So the next day Hank comes back from school and he's got a little bit different attitude toward me, towards mm-hmm. me. And he says, you know, mom, actually the kids won't stop talking about it. The parents say it was one of the best immigration days ever. It's going to go down in history as a day with real gibberish. And I think <laughs> he'll never admit this. I think he was a little proud of me. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really do. But even, uh, okay. So this morning I told him, oh, I'm going to talk with Pat and Mary about the gibberish. And he was, he looked at me and he immediately goes, don't you start talking gibberish in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, that's my story of embarrassing the heck out of my child with our improv training. Oh my gosh. I think Gus needs to make a surprise visit sometime soon. Oh, Oh, Gus. Yeah. Where can, where, where does Gus need to go? He's looking for a job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, he's directing man. traffic at a, a vaccination site. He is. <laughs> you know, living and working as an improv teacher uh, a lot of the time, getting people to speak gibberish, getting adults to speak gibberish. And, uh, and honestly, to try and get some meaning through with it is uh, one of my great challenges and great joys. And it's funny because we shared a story on the last episode, sort of about mm-hmm. leaning in too hard on the American Revolution. Yeah. And I love this because it makes me feel better that we're not alone with leaning in a little too extra. Yeah. Uh, and though it makes me jealous because I wish our school would enable us to do this because... <laughs> I too. I don't know if I'd go the mustache route, but yeah, I would definitely lean in on costumes. We do have. We've got the props boxes. We leaned in a little hard the first time our oldest son had to go to school on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, he had the beard and the top hat and the Irish sweater. We went all nine yards. Well, remember all the props we brought for the talent show? Oh gosh, yes. We're a disaster. Yeah, yeah. A disaster. I hope that you too feel like you're a disaster. I'm leaning in. (laughs) And we hope you enjoyed Liz's story. I know we did. And we will be back in your ear soon. Go to facebook.com slash funnyparents and say hello. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.